0: Welcome to the Goddess Ceremony podcast, your space to find empowerment and wisdom on your journey. We talk about it all, sacred women's wisdom, empowered entrepreneurship, and everything you never learned about your body in one inspiring space. I'm your host, Cassandra Wilder. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Goddess Ceremony podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I have a special episode for all of you this week. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you may not know that I am currently in the process of moving. And I don't know about all of you, but I feel like a bit of a minimalist until I move, and then I wonder how I've accumulated so much stuff. To be fair though, a large percentage of what I own is plants, and so that's an added complexity to this whole moving process. So this week, I'm bringing in a recording from an interview that I was a part of with Menstruation Redefined. This is an amazing cause you can find on Instagram that is changing the stigma around menstruation and education, as well as accessibility to menstruation products. They're doing absolutely incredible things in the world, and I was so lucky to be invited to be part of their Instagram Live series, where we talked about a number of things from what we can all do to balance our menstrual cycles, PCOS, mood changes around our period, and so much more. I was asked some questions I've actually never been asked before, and it's absolutely excellent. So here's the recording from my interview with them. Make sure you go and follow them on Instagram at Menstruation Redefined, and let us know what you think.
1: So we're really happy today to be joined by naturopathic doctor, Dr. Cassandra Wilder. Uh, In her practice, she primarily focuses on menstrual and women's health, but she's also a certified herbalist, yoga teacher, and has a podcast called Goddess Ceremony, where she breaks down different topics every week, like how to manage PMS and hormone imbalances. Some of you may not know a whole ton about naturopathic health. I, for one, am super excited. Uh, to learn more about it today. But to give you a brief explanation about what she does, in short, she works one-on-one with women to help them heal their cycles naturally and manage menstrual symptoms. Specifically, she offers offers more holistic options to birth control to fix your period, help with painful periods, help learn how to track your period, and more. I know all of you must be very excited to dive into the topic. Mm -hmm. Um, so we do have a couple questions that people sent in prior so I'd like to start with those and then um, if you want to kind of jump in and um, You have anything else to say or anything to add it would be awesome Okay, and then hopefully some of our viewers will also send in some live questions So um the first one that we got was something. I know I was wondering as well uh, But how can cystic hormonal acne um, during your period be
0: managed? Mm. Such a good question. You know, honestly, skin health can be one of the most daunting things as a woman to deal with because we can try all the exterior products and not see much of a difference. The skin is always connected to something far deeper. And so when we have those deep cystic acne or, you know, the, the really red inflamed breakouts that we get, especially on our chin, all of this tells us that usually there's a, a, an imbalance either hormonally or in the gut. And so again, as a naturopath, what I'm looking for is What is causing this eruption? Is that a lack of good bacteria in the gut? Is that an estrogen dominance? So in terms of simple little things to start to address it, truly is to look deeper. You know, no amount of coconut oil or tea tree oil or, you know, whatever Pinterest tells you to do is going to make a difference if it's rooted in something deeper. Um, So for a lot of people, removing dairy or sugar uh, from their diet can make a really big difference, especially refined sugar. So, you know, not drinking soda or, um, you know, you know what I mean? The, the more yeah, refined, like, exactly, exactly. You can eat fruit, but, um, sometimes that's enough to see a big difference, but ideally we would do deeper support, especially when it's really, really severe. A lot of my clients come to me because they're like, I can't hide this anymore, right. I will do anything to fix it.
1: Right, and I mean, I think that's when people kind of get sucked into buying these expensive products that are kind of right. said, the bandaid, not really the root cause.
0: Exactly, but they're advertised as the fix and that's that's pretty hard yeah
1: okay that's awesome to know thank you and then i'm mm-hmm. just getting a couple questions here um the first one is from m um m Burji. so she asks what kind of eco-friendly um men- uh, what kind of eco-friendly natural products do you use
0: mm. well that's a broad question I think <laughs> in terms of i think she said menstrual products and menstrual products okay wonderful So there's lots of options. You know, we were all taught that pads and tampons are the only option when we were very young, and it's 2020, so there's lots of really excellent alternatives out there that are a lot healthier. So really, ideally, none of us would be using regular pads and tampons, because for a lot of women, they do build up excess estrogen. And a lot of people with excess estrogen will have some signs of, you know, severe PMS, cysts, fibroids. It's not, not an ideal scenario. So switching to organic pads and tampons, I think is the bare minimum. But in terms of other products, menstrual cups are excellent. I really, really, I can't say enough good things about them. And if you've had a bad experience, it's worth trying a different brand because everyone's body is different. Everyone's cervix position is different. Some cups are really soft, some are really hard. So even if you feel scarred, (laughs) Buy one. They're worth trying again. I like the Lena Cup specifically and I love period panties as well for women that don't like inserting anything or they're great for young women that are just starting to bleed that, you know, are not ready to get all up in there just yet. Um, Thinx is a really great brand. They have organic options now. So bare minimum, hopefully what everyone takes away from that question is don't use regular pans and tampons. There are so many more options
1: yeah for sure and even i mean obviously you're specifically um, focusing on the benefits for your body but for the earth and everything like i'm no, seriously benefit, <laughs> cup girl all the way so I, <laughs> yes. yeah i love hearing that it's also good for the body yes um oh em just commented i use things. oh great thanks em. yay for the your best. Body. yes um, and then another question from our viewers so are there any natural ways to deal with yeast
0: infections mm. Yes. So a yeast infection is kind of similar to the skin thing I talked about in that it's always a deeper thing. So if we're having yeast infections vaginally, that often usually means there's yeast uh, overgrowth in the gut as well. And so we can start to look a little more holistically at it and also on a broader scale. So I had a client that said every month she would get two to three yeast infections. And I don't know how many people here have had yeast infections, but like I <laughs> to, to think of to think about that two to three times a month for like five years of her life, I about fell out of my chair thinking like, how do you function in your life? Mm-hmm. Um, so of course she'd done all the antibiotics you can imagine. She'd done everything that you know, Western medicine would advocate her to do. And what we did was a gentle gut cleanse. And she has not had a yeast infection since. Wow. So we have to look at where the yeast is overgrowing um, and address that. So oregano oil can be a nice option to begin with there. But ideally, we'd look a little bit deeper to see why there's an overgrowth.
1: Okay, awesome. Thanks for answering that. And thank you Mm -hmm. for the viewer who asked that question. Um, So now back to some questions we had before. Um, So the next one that we had, the pre pre uh, written questions were how do you feel about the over over-the-counter medicines like MIDIL that are targeted at managing PMS and other menstrual
0: symptoms? Mm. I certainly think there's a time and a place for everything. And I never want anyone to think I'm shaming them if they choose to be on birth control or they, you know, truly are in so much pain, they need a medication. Um, My big platform here though is giving women the information they always should have had so that they can make informed decisions for their health. Because a lot of women think that that's just normal, that you're just supposed to be in bed for days, that you're supposed to bleed through a tampon an hour Mm -hmm. um, because their doctor says that that's normal. Instead, we should be we should be rushing to help these women to let them know that that's not normal that that is a very extreme symptom and that's again telling us something much deeper about the body whether that's a hormonal thing or an adrenal thing a thyroid thing something is imbalanced if that's happening so i think there's unfortunately a lot of misinformation that we're taught about our bodies to where we think that our body is something we have to manage something that we have to fix because it's broken and it doesn't work right Um, so i would love to see more education like what you do in the space to tell people that these things are not normal to let them know that there's other options. And then from that empowered, informed place, they can decide if they want to grab the MyDoll or do more of the holistic option.
1: Right. That's super awesome. Yeah. I feel like definitely I, you know, until you're in the position, you never know, but it's great to definitely know all the options. Exactly. For sure. So the next one is um, from, I think it's, from the audience member but from before someone maybe submitted on that Instagram. So I've heard people describe your period while on hormonal birth control as not being a real period. Is this true and how can you determine if you're pregnant on birth control if it's not actually your real
0: period anyway? Mm. That's a good question. So this is, yeah, this is such a rabbit hole and I'm gonna to try to stay focused here okay. <laughs> because there's a lot of directions we could go. But yes, that is accurate. So if you're on hormonal birth control, you don't have a real period. Instead it's classified as a medication induced withdrawal bleed. And so because it's a withdrawal from the hormones, when you say take that placebo pill, especially at certain times of the month, that then encourages your uterus to release. And I just think back to, I think a lot of us were put on birth control very, very young because of acne or because of bloating or whatever how many of us would have walked out of the doctor's office if we'd been told it deletes your period and it gives you a medication induced withdrawal bleed how many of us would have been like a what excuse yeah. me that just innately doesn't sound right so it is true um, and this is where if someone's been on birth control for say 15 years they have technically not had a real natural period in 15 years so even if you're on birth control you will bleed but it is different. Um, And then in terms of if you're pregnant, I think what she's mentioning is some people spot when they're pregnant, so it may be hard to tell, but usually it's a significantly less amount. So it should be fairly easy to differentiate.
1: So it wouldn't induce you, for example.
0: Correct, correct. Mm -hmm. It's no, okay.
1: The next one would be, How does diet, you kind of touched on this a bit, but how does diet affect your period symptoms and pain? And are there specific foods that I should be eating to manage heavy periods and cramps?
0: This is such a fun question. Again, I I have to try and stay focused here, but there's (laughs) (laughs) there's so many things yes yeah, so food of course plays a huge role in our entire body's functions but especially our hormones and so for example if we have a very congested digestive system and we're not going to the bathroom very often estrogen is going to build in the body um, certain foods have the power to help us detox excess estrogen. some foods have the power to help us build progesterone which we we talk a lot about estrogen as the bad guy here the estrogen is good it's crucial when we have low estrogen we feel just as terrible if it's high Um, and we often forget about progesterone but if we're low in progesterone especially we tend to get really short cycles or have really severe pms so this is so vital for food this is something i teach at length in my course period reboot because there really is an entire monthly plan that you can follow to support your natural hormone fluctuations so especially for people with the pcos or the pms cystic acne this is where it becomes so key so essentially At the beginning of your cycle, after you stop your period, ideally eating an abundance of leafy greens, that's the best thing in the world to detox excess estrogen and make sure that doesn't build up. And in the second half of your cycle, say as you approach your period, focusing on complex carbs is really important. So your blood sugar tends to be far more erratic in that luteal phase or that phase right before your period, which is why many of us feel what? pms and we feel like we want to you know (laughs) we're like raging inside but a lot of the time that's because of our blood sugar irregularities and we're you know eating cupcakes and chocolate and things that we think we're craving and this just spirals the blood sugar even worse so complex carbs eating very very regularly in the half second half of the cycle focusing on very light like leafy green foods in the beginning of the cycle would be the i guess the most condensed way i can describe that
1: yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'm sure there's so much more you have to
0: say, but there's so much. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. It's so hard to break it down. I'm sure. Um, so we just have another live question that just came in, um, which is kind of an interesting one. So what are some things that many people don't know about menstruation?
0: Ooh, That's a fun question. Yeah. What is something a lot of people don't know? And if you
1: want to come back to that one, if you want to kind of think on it as we talk, we can also do that. Cause I, yeah.
0: yeah, I like that a lot. I guess one thing I would say to that is a lot of people think that their menstrual cycle is just their period. They think that that's the only phenomena of the month, but there's three other phases of the month that are equally as important. Um, And ovulation is one of the most important functions of the body, but again, we don't think about that. And when we turn off ovulation, say with hormonal birth control, where we turn off the connection between our brain and our ovaries, we can see where this starts to create problems. So ideally if we want to age well, if we want to lower our risk of disease moving forward, we want to ovulate every single month. So one big misconception I would say is the menstrual cycle is just our period. Our body is doing so much throughout the rest of the month. The second would be ovulation is crucial and you want to do everything in your power to support your body in ovulating every month for healthy aging. yeah, if I think of more, I'll add them in, but that's yeah, a good definitely, question. Definitely
1: jump back in. That one's, yeah, it definitely seems to yeah. be a putting you on the spot, but definitely one you got to ponder.
0: <laughs> it's so good, yeah. Awesome. So
1: our next uh, pre-written question is, um, as a naturopathic doctor, what do you recommend for your clients to use as birth control when intended for contraception?
0: Yeah, great question. So it again comes back to that informed, empowered consent. And so if there genuinely is a client that feels like that's the best option for them, I would never ever say anything ill of that. If that's, you know, if they know both sides, that's the right thing. Ideally though, and for me personally, that's not the right choice for me. Um, And a lot of my clients choose to do more of the cycle tracking or the fertility awareness method where we're tracking our temperature throughout the month and our Uh, cervical mucus or our discharge and our cervix position. So that's what I've done for almost a decade personally. So it's very close to my heart as well. Um, And you know, it's 99% effective when it's done correctly. So it's extremely effective. It allows you to get to know your body really well. And it's not as complicated as we've been led to believe. It just feels complicated because most of us have never learned anything about our bodies and it's out of our comfort zone. So, and I have a whole podcast about that if someone's like, what is she talking about? <laughs>
1: okay, sure. And then, yeah, for anyone who wasn't there at the beginning, it's called the the goddess ceremony podcast. So yes. everyone should definitely check it out. Okay, so we have another question just coming in on comments <laughs> from Mimi. And it is, what are the most common symptoms of
0: PCOS? So this is a, a tricky question to answer only because there's no real consensus on what it means to have PCOS or what the set symptoms are, but I can say what the common ones are or the indicators that a, a physician would use to potentially diagnose you with PCOS. So for a lot of people, this is an inability to lose weight. This is acne, facial hair. So if we start getting you know, dark hair on our chin or our chest or our back, that could all indicate PCOS. Um, it tends to be, the doctor will usually throw around the words insulin resistance. Um, we might have thinning hair or we might be losing hair. Um, and if we do some sort of hormonal testing, it may say our androgens like testosterone are high. To be honest, PCOS is a tricky thing because it's an umbrella term. So sometimes it's a term a doctor will throw out if they feel like something's just really off. Um, there's no testing for PCOS, it's just based on symptoms. And so because of that, um, sometimes people who don't genuinely have cysts are diagnosed with it, and sometimes people who do genuinely have that diagnosis go undiagnosed for, for years, so it's it's a hard one.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, yes. makes sense. Thank you. Um, the next one this one might be another one that kind of opens up the can of worms, so you're welcome <laughs> to answer whichever portion you like. But uh, people say that women's cycles can tell you a lot about the rest of your body. Is there anything to watch out for? For example, does early, late, extra light, extra heavy, or changing color during your menstrual cycle, or during your period specifically,
0: mean anything? Oh my gosh. It means everything. Yes. It's really cool. In the last few years, your period was finally recognized as your fifth vital sign. And so your other vital signs are are, saying like your blood pressure and your pulse and you know, things that like determine if you're alive (laughs) and your period is now the fifth vital sign. And so it's telling you something about the health of your body. Just like if your blood pressure was through the roof or your pulse was really low, it's all telling you something's not right. So It's kind of there's a lot of layers to that certainly but your period length can tell you a lot so if we have say cycles that are you know in total 20 to 23 days that's probably a low progesterone or something going on with the adrenals if our cycles are like 50 60 70 days apart we have no idea when they're going to come that can also be hormonal that can be thyroid that could be pcos um so that could be another set of symptoms the color of your blood does tell you a lot as well and so ideally we want like a beautiful rich red that's not too thick doesn't have an abundance of clots no mucus Um, but if it's very very dark for example or very sludgy i think we all know what that feels like inevitably we'll have that at some point Um, again that can tell us that there's a stagnancy there so have you been on birth control for a long time Maybe we're iron deficient. There could be a lot there as well. So yes, everything about your cycle is telling you something. And we just have to have that wisdom to listen to it.
1: Perfect. So good to know you're like a detective. This is great. Exactly. (laughs) That's, That's literally
0: how I describe my job. Yeah, literally. That's great.
1: Oh, I love it. Okay, um, the next question, this one was, you, you did kind of touch on this a bit before. Um, maybe you'd like to go into it a bit more. Maybe you wouldn't, but I'll ask it first. So you can decide. Um, so due to menstrual product companies not being required to list the ingredients on their packaging, some can contain chemicals and other harmful additives. Are there any specific menstrual product brands that you would recommend? So you already kind of talked about, I think you said Luna was your favorite? Lena, Lena. Mm-hmm. Your favorite uh, menstrual product
0: yeah so menstrual cups are great because they're either medical grade silicone or rubber and so there's nothing for your body to absorb if you're doing period panties i ideally uh, then doing organic if if possible and thinks did come out with an organic line which is really exciting not all their stuff's organic but their new stuff is um and then even with organic pads and tampons while i know they're more familiar to a lot of us there's still no law that requires them to tell you what they're putting in that product so they are supposed to be made of organic cotton but we don't know as the consumer what else could be in it. It is crazy that the FDA did, um, considers them a medical device. So yeah, <laughs> as the consumer, you have no right to know what's in your medical care products. Uh, yeah, I feel like I need a, uh, what do they call those? Like a, I need like a, a platform to talk about all of this because it's, it's so disheartening to me. Yeah, definitely. So yes, doing a menstrual cup is a really good way to go. Doing organic period panties or doing organic reusable pads are all good options that will limit your exposure to excess estrogens, to dioxins, to uh, you know, non-organic cotton, all of that.
1: Yeah, okay, that's awesome. Thanks for going into that more. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's basically all the questions that we have uh, that are kind of that were we
0: made beforehand.
1: So anyone who's watching right now, we have nine amazing viewers right now. Does anyone have any pressing questions for for Cassandra?
0: I'm like so impressed by the quality of those questions. Those were really good. Thank you. Honestly, I um, I,
1: I can't take credit for most of them. I <laughs> throw in a couple of my own because last night <laughs> I was thinking like, what would I want to know?
0: Right, right. <laughs>
1: Oh, we have a comment that says sea sponges are a great option as well.
0: Yes, yes, I still have not personally used them, but I yeah, it's on my list, but I've heard good things.
1: Mm-hmm, for sure. Um so we have one from um, we have just a comment from Vivi. Thing, period pain so maybe that's a good transition to the question what natural ways would you give of, oh perfect she's right there um how would you get rid of menstrual pain naturally um instead of using things like nap- naproxen mm-hmm
0: it opens up a big conversation again because everyone can have a different cause for their period pain but on some general just general um, guidelines for support I think one really key thing people forget about is the power of magnesium. So magnesium does have that incredible opportunity to ease the cramping or the contractions inside of the uterus. So when I have clients that have very severe cramping all month long, that's one suggestion we do is a magnesium spray every single night before bed. It'll help them sleep and it will also reduce the cramping. If cramping is a really long-term problem, we have to look at their prostaglandins and that's a hormone receptor that that creates that contracting in the uterus. So if your prostaglandins are too high, your contractions will be heavier and more intense than others. So I know that's another rabbit hole there, but sometimes even just reducing your amount of dairy can help significantly in reducing prostaglandins. Uh, Making sure you're getting enough iron. Um, I know everyone has their own intuitive wisdom about what foods work best for them in their body, but I do find that those who do very high-quality grass-fed proteins and animal fats sometimes do find more ease in their periods because they're getting the iron and the high-quality fats that they need. Um, But If you're vegan, certainly you can find things like flax and and things like that to to nourish that. So magnesium, things like red raspberry leaf tea, high-quality iron. Um, And looking at those prostaglandins, because if those are really high, you may find that any, like, natural remedy you try doesn't work because we're not getting to the root of it.
1: Right. Okay, that totally makes sense. Thank you. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, The next
1: one is another comment question from the viewer. Um, We have, does starting birth control at a young age, for example, as a teenager, is it a bad idea? Mm. You've kind of
0: touched on this a bit, I guess. Yeah, yeah. What I can say is there is there's a new research study that just came out that directly correlated being put on birth control in your adolescence with an increased risk of depression for the rest of your life and i think a lot of us that were put on birth control very young know this that it kind of turns off that light in your eyes for some of us um so knowing that certainly if we want to have a a balanced mental health moving forward is birth control the right thing to give a 14 year old i would say probably not Um, but that's the only study that fully demonstrates that it can negatively affect your health in the long term
1: okay thank you for that mm-hmm. uh, the next one is from lou and they ask how far late
0: can a period be infinite <laughs> yeah i mean some people will skip their period entirely people that are you know say anemic or have a menorrhea or a cessation of their menstrual cycle they may go months if not years without a period so yeah it really depends a period could just be a week late or it may actually go absent for months at a time okay thank you for that
1: um, the next one is from Vivi so um, in terms of um, you were speaking before about taking magnesium to help with pain and as kind of a um, as kind of a natural remedy um, would you recommend magnesium orally like by, as a spray or in the skin
0: Mm. I find that people tend to respond to it better as a spray and it's easier for the body to assimilate sometimes Especially if our gut is taxed or you know, it's just not as easy for the body always to uh, work with it and really get it into the womb So especially if we spray it on before bed, we can do the, the low belly We can spray it on there. We can spray it on like the creases of our elbows anywhere where that skin is thinner and that does make a huge difference
1: Okay, perfect. That's great to know The next part of that question was, what is the most rewarding part of your job?
0: I think it, yeah, it's when I get the feedback from someone, you know, the kind of emails where I am super empathic, so I like cry about everything, but (laughs) you know, where you get a message and someone just says like, Dr. Cassandra, I, I literally have been trying to work with doctors for 20, 30 years. For my issues, I never felt listened to. I never felt like anyone cared about my experience. I felt like I was ushered out the door before I could say what I needed to say. You were the first person to ever listen to me and you actually helped me achieve what I wanted, which is a balanced period. Um, Yeah, like that to me makes years of schooling, all of the stress, like everything disappear. Just knowing that someone felt heard and like they mattered
1: wow that's so special it really is like yeah. holistic as you say <laughs> yeah. All yeah. Encompassing. um the next one is um how do you get uh, a lot of reliable information about your menstrual cycle so um kind of i guess what reliable sources would you look to if you weren't maybe at the level where you were ready to go see a doctor
0: <sighs> uh. <laughs> There's obviously, I think, and this is why you and I do what we do, there's not a lot of great resources out there. There's a really big gap. There's the like, just take birth control and it'll fix everything. And then there's the more like really spiritual side of it and both have their time and place. But where is the person bridging them? That's really advocating for both for, you know, knowing that it's a sacred time of the month, but also (laughs) here's research based approaches. There's not a lot of that. There's some really good books out there. I'm in the process of writing my first book, so I'm excited to join the bandwagon. of having Congratulations. A re- Thank you. i having a really great resource. So I wish I could plug my book right now for all of you and say this is the, the roadmap or the place to begin. Um, so honestly, I, I do think, unfortunately, it's finding people in the online space with blogs and podcasts that you feel like you resonate with and learning everything you can.
1: Awesome. That's great. And yes... I mean, obviously, go follow Cassandra on Instagram and follow us as well if you're just viewing for the first time, because uh, honestly, we both, I'm sure, are always sharing different things (laughs) about menstruation and it's a very positive place. Yes. Um, So our next question is from Alex, um, and they say, I know it's common to feel heightened emotions prior to menstruation, but what about right before ovulation? Is it Mm. typical to have extreme emotions? And if so, why?
0: Again, there's like layers to this question, because maybe this person is just a very empathic person. So they're very sensitive, and they feel more than others. And so I'd say if you're comparing yourself to someone that's the opposite of that, you may feel (laughs) like you're really sensitive. Um, Whenever I work with a client, what I'm looking for is something that disrupts their normal life. And that's what indicates to to me that it's an extreme side effect. So if they're seeing that big change in their mood around ovulation, again, I'd be curious to look at hormonally, what could be going on, whether that's, a high estrogen or a low estrogen. Um, and again, what progesterone looks like as well. So our bodies are always giving us these little whispers and then we have to decipher it. So I, the first thing I would ask that person is if they've had any hormone testing done.
1: Okay, good to know. The next one is, I see you deal a lot with periods, but do you deal with acne possibly caused by hormone imbalances? I'm very skeptical because I'm just about, I've just about tried everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a lot of empathy for this person because especially when something is on the exterior and you can't hide it, you know, if we just have a period imbalance or something, we can kind of pretend that it's not there, right? It's not visible to the whole world. Whereas when something's right on your face, I know that it's so much more challenging to deal with. So I have a lot of empathy here. Um, in terms of cystic acne, like we touched on a little bit at the beginning, it is always a deeper internal thing. And so this person's probably tried all the topical creams and maybe they tried Whole30 or they went Paleo or they went Keto or, you know, they did something. Um, but again, what I would say is usually in these instances, there's a deeper layer. So looking at the gut health and the hormonal health especially is really important. Um, if for people that resonate with this or have cystic acne, on my profile, scroll down like three or four slides, and you'll see a before and after one of my clients who had cystic acne, she rated nine out of 10. And you should see what her skin looks like now. She's absolutely glowing. And what we did specifically was rebalance her gut. So for her, it wasn't hormonal, it was a gut related imbalance. So don't give up, you can heal it, your body's incredible. We just have to look at where that missing puzzle piece is. So good to know, thank you. Yeah, and I think, yeah, we touched on that
1: earlier, but it's something a lot of people wanna know because they feel, as you said, so out of options and stuff yeah, sure. yeah so i want to say a humongous thank you to you honestly we were so happy to have you on as a with a, as a collaboration and um mm-hmm. yeah a quick little plug for us um menstruation redefined just launched a website so check us out www.menstruationredefined.ca follow us on our instagram if you're um not following us already and if you're one of uh, cassandra's followers um please follow us because i think we both have some really aligning values. And um, another question popped up, which is kind of just perfect for our outro, um, which is how could someone reach you?
0: Yeah, so I have two options. I have a self-guided course that's very comprehensive. So that's period reboots. And you can find info about that in my profile, or if you wanna work one-on-one, I take a limited amount of one-on-one clients and there's an application page in the link in my bio. So yes,
1: fill that out and we'll reach out to you soon. Amazing, and someone else, are you still accepting applications now?
0: I am, I'm one slot open right now. Oh my god! So run, I'm just kidding. (laughs)
1: I'm just kidding. Go, follow Cassandra, she's amazing. Um, Thank you so much. We are so lucky to have had this time with you today and I'm so glad that we could kind of break down some of the menstrual stigma together. Me
0: too, thank you so much for this platform and thank you everyone for joining. Thank you for joining us, beautiful friend. Please share the love with a five-star review, text the episode to a friend, and connect with me on Instagram at Goddess Ceremony. Until next time.